0: We all have a story to tell. Let's tell yours. Welcome to the Intellectual People Podcast with your host, Jason. Come together and listen to journey stories and more from interesting people. Welcome your host, Jason. Today I have Mike from Mike's Weather Page. How are you doing today, Mike?
1: Doing great. i right. uh, surviving this cold weather here in Florida, ready for the summer. <laughs>
0: You're making a lot of people jealous because define your cold.
1: Oh, yeah, I forget that this uh, uh, Right now it's 60s <laughs> 67 <Yeah.
0: laughs> uh, There's a lot of people in the 30s. I'm sure that nope. would love to have 60s, right?
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I, I didn't mean to uh, <laughs> Affinity weather folks on that one. So yeah, it's uh, it, it's we're enjoying the warm weather. I guess
0: <laughs> agreed I am as well so I want to take you back to well, I, I guess first thing, let's do this. Explain what Mike's weather page is.
1: Yeah, it's become you know it started as a hobby. It still is a hobby in a sense. Um, it 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 was perfect. I mean, it, the purpose of it was in 2004. Uh, I was in college uh, taking business and learning a little bit about HTML, and we had these hurricanes. Um, coming towards Tampa, Charlie, uh, and I couldn't find anything on the internet. It would drive me crazy trying to find uh, models and and graphics and, you know, satellites. So I uh, I said, I'm going to make me a page to put my graphics on that I look for, then I have them all in one spot, you know? Uh, Fast forward, how many years ago was that? 2004, right? Uh, And it's still one page with a lot more graphics on it, but it's still like my little personal page uh, of stuff I love to look at. And I don't have to go looking for them. So when I see a cool graphic, I'll throw it on the page, you know, and, and uh, there you go. And like Jim Cantore, you know, Weather Channel, he, he's a fan and he calls it, you know, your one stop shop for tropics. So, so it started as a hobby that I shared with family and friends. And somehow word got out. And uh, slowly every year, just kind of, you know, more and more people find it and and like it. (laughs)
0: Okay. So let's go back to when you were a young boy. Were you interested in weather
1: always? Yeah, I I think uh, it's in my my genes. My grandfather tracked hurricanes. Uh, My dad was in the Air Force over um, in uh, Patrick's Air Force Base. And when they moved to Florida in the 50s, I guess they had a couple back-to-back hurricanes. And uh, growing up in, like, 85, we had Elena— uh, so, I, yeah, and, and for some reason, I just, I got attracted to, to Weather Channel and watching the cone, you know, waking up the next morning. I, I, it's like I used to, get, <laughs> a few things excite me, but when you go to bed uh, with a, a storm out in the water and you got that cone of uncertainty, I would always look forward to waking up in the morning and, and seeing, I think it's 19 and 49 past the hour, they would have the new tropical update. And I, I just couldn't wait to see the new cone, you know, like, are we, are we in it? Are we getting close to it? Is it coming this way? Uh and, and I, you know, it just slowly evolved into that, and and, and then the the I think living in Florida, uh, it's just it just become a part of life. You know, people. So something about the weather just uh, fascinates people. And and now with the social media side, it's really uh, it fueled my love of weather because uh, now now I'm not I'm not only concerned with Florida. Uh, it's become more of a worldwide project. <laughs> And I'm, I'm, you know, servicing people all the way down to the, you know, uh, Lesser Antilles, the uh, Barbados There, you know, I mean, all the way to Cancun to, to Maine. It's crazy. Right.
0: So you, as a young child, were into the weather and did it just continue to grow? You mentioned that you went to college for business and this really started out more of an individual page for you to feed your passion of going to, as you said, one-stop shop for weather, right? Mm-hmm. So through college, you just kept monitoring weather and were still interested in it?
1: Yeah, I never really, became, you know, I never went to meteorology. Um, Just, it's just a, a hobby, you know, a hobby that, that's still a hobby that I just love uh, every day. I first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is look at models. And I love tracking long range, uh, you know, snow in the wintertime and, and following spring storms and and, and I'm learning every day, learning, and uh, I think that's just the fascination um, is is just. And weather is so unpredictable. I mean, even last week uh, was supposed to be a big tornado outbreak in the Upper Gulf, and, and nothing happened. And and hurricanes are supposed to go one way; they go another way, or you know. So uh, even even the the best science in the world uh, can't predict weather. So I think that's just the fun of it. it it's it's. It's a hobby. That's uh, still a hobby.
0: (laughs) Sure. And your website is called spaghettimodels.com, right? Yep. Can you explain why spaghetti models?
1: Well, that that was the number one graphic that I was looking for in 2004. It was was the models of all the different uh, thinking of a storm. So, like... You, I'm sure you see some some TV stations called spaghetti plots or computer models. Uh, they call spaghetti models because it looks like you th- take a b- bunch of spaghetti and throw it on a plate because uh, <laughs> you got them going every every which way. And uh, that was the the little adre- adrenaline rush I think we all get is when you have that one model pointing to your house, you know, uh, right. so that you know we live and die by these spaghetti models. Um, and the domain was available. You can also search Mike's weather page because half the time I, I don't even spell spaghetti right. Luckily, Google is my friend because you can misspell it and it'll still put you there. Um, uh, yeah, so it's just crazy. Yeah, spaghetti models, um, it's still used today at most all your news stations. And um, uh, the, even the NHC, when they go into their um, discussions for tropical systems, they, they talk about individual models. And, uh, and you know, there's, there's a half a dozen... To a dozen really reputable models now and you you know you can't just pick one model yep. um it, it's, there's not a science to it there's a lot of gut uh you know your gut thinking a lot of times and you use a lot of history uh, and, and, and you know that it's it's kind of like gambling i don't gamble but but i guess what i do on my blogs is you know people like to hear my thoughts okay i kind of i kind of kind of clone myself as a blogger And uh, that's kind of, I guess, what's what this has become, The the, this website started as is still my baby, the website. But in 2009, I started Facebook and that's almost become bigger in its in itself uh, because of the constant uh, live interactions and posts and the the reach that it has. Um, So that's that's a whole different side of this endeavor that I never dreamed was going to happen.
0: And I should mention that your Facebook page, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, has over 1 million followers.
1: Yes, we hit, we hit a million this year. Uh, uh, I remember <laughs> I was at, at Chili's, my favorite place. Uh, we were, I was having a drink one night, and I was inching towards my 5,000th 5, 5, uh, fan. And I remember the waitress, I got her to like my page. I was so excited because I hit 5,000, you know. I look back now, it's like, oh, my gosh. And and now there's Twitter, uh, Instagram. I'm trying to cater to the, those sides. Uh, we're, you know, uh, uh, streaming on YouTube now. Right. Uh, looking to go into Periscope because we have, you know, folks on Twitter that um, don't go other places. And I even try to do a TikTok account, which I haven't figured out yet.
0: Got to get your kids to help you out. Oh.
1: With that. <laughs> my, my daughter has more. She gets more likes than I get, so I, I haven't. I haven't figured. Out. You can't be serious on TikTok. I, I started doing weather updates. Uh, I think they like to see the more drunk donkey, uh, crazy side of Mike's weather page because you know I, I got. I got to forget the the main attraction. I, I think people like is the amateurness of it. does even a word and me butchering names all the time. But uh, you know, I got. I I keep it real. Yep. Absolutely. Much, but...
0: and we love that and we'll get into the drunk donkey as well um i want to ask you about models because i think there's there's many parts of this right oh yes so <laughs> you you know what you're looking at and how to read the models if you will and i think as the average myself as the average person that obviously deals with weather daily fortunately mm-hmm. i i I think every person out there says, oh my gosh, any meteorologist has the ideal job because they can be wrong and still get paid, right? I right. mean, we've all heard it, right? Oh, yeah. I want to be a weatherman one day. I want to be a weather woman one day because you can be wrong and it's still okay, right? <laughs> yep. So explain to the listeners why it's difficult, number one, and number two, what the models are and also how unpredictable and how predictable they are and can be.
1: Yes. Well, so the meteorologists are scared of the spaghetti models because like you just mentioned, um, if you don't know what you're looking at, uh, people can take it the wrong way. Especially, you know, if you have that one model coming to your house or one model showing a cat five. Uh, so yeah, they they can be a little tricky. Um, I guess in a nutshell, it's almost like if you, you almost be taking an average of the models first off and you you have the Euro, you have the GFS. Uh, there's some newer players. Uh, German, Germany's got a model called the Icon. There's a Canadian mo- model. The UK uh, is, is the UK version. So there's five, six models. There's, there's even an Access Australian model now. Um, so there's about six to eight good models. And uh, what you're looking for, you know, is consistency. And you learn over the years, some have different... Um, biases, like uh, this season, the Euro had a really hard time on initial n- initialization of tropical cyclones. It did very well once a cyclone was established. Uh, the Icon was, was sniffing out storms before anybody else. So in a season, you start to get this gut feeling of like, okay, you know, the, the GFS and the Icon are doing good this year. Uh, a lot of old schoolers like this year, especially the Euro wasn't doing very good at all. So they were they were discounting others, you know, and I was pretty intimate a few times. Hey, we got something developing. I believed it because I look at more than just one model. And a lot of the old schoolers still look at just almighty king euro. So you have to adapt. You have to learn uh, like even tracking winter. I'm learning the euro is very aggressive on snow and cold and the GFS isn't. So you have to be careful which model you advertise. Um, so, so in the early early days I would i would be that guy that would pick that one maybe the scariest looking model run and that and that's very unethical now because you can always find uh, a 10 day model run which most meteorologists say you know never post a model past seven days let alone ten days because of the there's a lot of uh, you know uncertainty past 10 days and, and and the history shows a lot of times they don't verify but what I do is I look at individual models come out every six hours per se so we okay. look at trends uh you know when, when i when I, when i pull the trigger and start posting i feel confident enough that there's a good chance down the road we're going to see something and that's using a blend of models you you know using climatology looking at highs and lows uh, you can look at fronts are a huge play of the jet stream why uh, you know a lot of a lot of factors you you like i said earlier you use a little bit of common sense and, and just gut you know, you use your gut a little bit on these um, models. There's, there's never been one right model. Like Irma was a, a storm a couple of years ago that everybody remembers Florida evacuated for. Uh, originally the Euro had it turning off the East Coast and missing Florida. The GFS actually had it curving on the West side of Florida. So what do you do as a forecaster? You know, right. um, you, you know like you said, you're gonna be wrong sometimes. And, and, and that was one time the Euro was pretty wrong. Early on, now there's another side of this whole spaghetti models thing that I've learned over the last few years. Where I, back to when I was uh, maybe guilty of posting that one run, run of a of a model and saying, "Oh, look, Tampa's going to have a hurricane in nine days." I might have posted the, the GFS run for twelve z, which is your morning run. Uh, nine times out of ten, your noon run is going to be different. And then your 6 p.m. run is going to be different. So that's where you get really in trouble by posting that one run that looks like, oh, my God, Tampa's going to get a Cat 3 hurricane. Uh, now, there's another side of spaghetti models that I've learned a ton on and I think people are catching up to is, is the ensembles. Um, the ensembles, Every every model, like the GFS and the Euro has a bunch of computers that are simulating different weather patterns. So, the euro has got like 51 of these ensembles. So, where you have the one model of the euro, you'll have 51 other versions of the euro that run. And in this one run, it might predict that the high pressure is a little stronger, high pressure a little lower, jet streams a little high. You know, it, it, it does all these what if scenarios. So, your, your ensembles, you'll get 51 spaghetti models of just the euro. And usually the euro goes smack down down the middle because it's saying, okay, well, you know, this is probably what's gonna happen. But what you, you start to see with ensemble runs is you'll start seeing trends. Um, the main operational run might say, Louisiana, all of a sudden, two thirds of your ensembles run afterwards and they're starting to trend, you know, let's say eastward, and then you can start to see the future like, okay, these models are starting to see, you know, changes in the atmosphere are happening. And that might be something The GFS, let's say the GFS was showing Florida, the Euro was showing L- Louisiana, but let's say a bunch of the Euro ensembles were also saying Florida and all the GFS ensembles were saying Florida. You could go against the grain and say the Euro's is wrong because, right. look, ensembles are agreeing. So, you know, it, it, you could just spend all day looking at spinning models.
0: <laughs> so where where are the where do these models come from?
1: Uh, they're just uh, GFS is American, uh, our weather service. Uh, that's their model. Uh, there's individual models, maybe some colleges, uh, some of the. Uh, you know, models. Maybe we don't use. There's a lot of models that we don't even use, but they still put them on the plots. Um, but every, you know, every country, the Euro Euro models, uh, European, and uh, they just they get funded, and a lot of science goes into them. And every year they make tweaks. So um,
0: are are they collecting data? So, so for instance, the European model, do, are they collecting data from all over Europe, basically, and then it, and then they bring in all of that data and that creates the model? Or do you know how that model is really created with the data?
1: Well, the, 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 just because they're in Europe, they still run tropical models for the Atlantic. And uh, so that, ho- that whole division of the Euro is focused only on, let's say Atlantic hurricane season. Uh, but they, 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 they're constantly, all these models do is A, they, they read upper atmosphere um, patterns, and it's all low pressure, high pressure, basically. It comes down to that and they look a lot of history. Um, they're always correcting themselves. Like they'll go back and, you know, uh, the models get tweaked because they'll say, oh, you know, we've failed here because let's look back to the ICON example. The ICON did a really good job initializing tropical cyclones this year, the Euro didn't. So, you know, the the, the scientists will definitely tweak the Euro I'm sure for next season. And, and they'll say, oh, we didn't do a good job on the computer thinking. Um, it all does is read data now. Now, throw in another wrench the hurricane hunters. Yep, so the hurricane hunters, uh, once we get a storm initialized, let's say, and it becomes an invest, uh, those are just areas of investigation. Uh, that's a word a lot of people get confused about. But when I pose there's an invest 90, it's a low pressure system <clears throat> that we might have been talking about it a week ago. Like all the models are showing low pressure forming, uh, but once that low pressure forms, it becomes an invest. Well, then the hurricane hunters. Unless it's far Atlantic, they'll fly out and they investigate. They 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 collect so much data that they actually feed the models. So the Euro gets it, the UK gets it. It's it's free data. Well, you know it's paid for, but it's, it's data that the models are pulling, and all that data gets fed into all these individual models. So once the Hurricane Hunters start running, uh, they fly and get infinite amount of uh, upper air pressure, humidity, not not only data from the storm itself they're collecting uh, air, air ahead of the system, the relative humidity, because that's part of what fuels a storm, uh, how strong the high pressure is, because that controls how it steers. Uh, so that's when it really gets real. And, but the Euro gets that data, the GFS gets the data, uh, just however the computer programmers interpret it. You know, uh, They're just computers.
0: <laughs> so the, the Hurricane Hunter airplanes are instrumented for going into a hurricane.
1: Yeah, they'll they actually fly uh, right. in the you know hurricane uh, uh, cat five directly into the center. They fly in the center and they'll post pictures on Twitter uh, showing the eye wall, the blue sky. Um, it's rocky. They'll, they'll post video. I mean, there it's it's scary. I mean, it's definitely uh, luckily you know they have great aircraft but they they're flying into it and, and it's important another thing you know I've learned over the years is uh, it's not so much what the storm is doing it's what it's what the weather is ahead of a storm and everything comes down to high pressure systems and that's the steering mechanism because like this year for example uh, hurricane Laura was our strongest storm of the year uh, as far as US uh, landfall and it all came down to you know how strong the high pressure is to the west was going to determine, you know, if, is it going to turn a little bit? And, and you know, cities have to know this for evacuations. Uh, so that's why it's so important. These hurricane hunters are, are gathering not only information from the storm, but they'll fly upper drop zones where they drop instruments into the uh, sky and actually collect data uh, to, to determine what high, the high pressures. And it's all that's the side. You know, when I started this, I was just looking at the spaghetti models. I didn't understand how fascinating uh, you know, steering mechanisms and, and what makes storms rapidly intensify and uh, there's you know there's so much more than just looking at a spaghetti model now that you know I am I'm, I'm learning and I and I love it. <laughs> but there's so much more to learn. So do the
0: hurricane hunters get paid by like the National Weather Service or who are they actually the What
1: well, uh, NOAA national no. aeronautics air, uh, air force is involved um so yeah it, it's fine it's in a, you know they're, they're divisions of um the u.s government government uh, now I, I really don't know how the, the data gets fed internationally um but you know it, it definitely gets shared into all these models um and you know we have groups like lake lakeland where i'm at in florida in they're out of um uh, the, i think uh, four or five different spots around the country they fly out of. So there's different divisions just, just like air force is. Um, and they're great. They're, 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 they're fun to follow on Twitter. If you, um, if you go to Twitter, they, they post a lot and um, they get it. They, they enjoy their job. Trust me. They really do. <laughs>
0: okay. So what is your ultimate goal? Like, I mean, do, do you ever, think like i'd love to be on tv or i Go want ahead. to grow this to where it's a i know you do it daily
1: oh yeah yeah it's become a, you know a little little bit of a job uh i've given up other jobs you know summer i do you know that do take a little bit of income here and there which is, i don't do it for that you know I, I i'm very fortunate to have some supporters you know that love it uh, i dedicate yeah 10 20 hours a day sometimes uh, sometimes three four hours a day just going live so again i think if it wasn't the addiction of, of the hobby it would, it would become a job um, but it's never felt that way um first thing i do when i wake up out of, you know roll out of bed is sometimes i'll you know i, I would set my life around model runs when there's a storm like midnight is the last run of the gfs uh the euro usually runs at 1 30 in the morning They're, you know i usually wait for the euro and i'll get four hours sleep because at five o'clock, we have a new NHC update. Um, You know, this year we had to cancel family trips, but uh, we take them other. I still spoil them. So it's not like we're taken away. You know, we still have fun uh, so I can justify it, but we had storms coming and I could not, I couldn't enjoy myself knowing that I wasn't doing what I I love to do. And, And that's, you know, put out, Information because one thing I learned too with this tropic stuff is if, if you stay away for twelve hours things change, and you are always playing catch up trying to understand the latest trends and what's going on. So you you know you, you become it. You become it. It's, yeah. uh, yeah. And then in the winter time, you know, it, it's uh, sit back and just tweak things. But yeah, ultimately, what I where I want to go, I think i have reached it. I I've never dreamed of having a million followers. Um, you know, I have some great sponsors, you know, uh, locally, Florida, ABC, Fine Wine and Spirits. Uh, who would have thought they reached out to me and got, we got uh, our own beer now that's being sold and, and liquor's coming.
0: Uh, is your sour. beer going to be available nationwide or?
1: No, the the problem. So we got a great uh, big storm Brewery is local, but they're still sold through the state. Uh, but I guess the old blue laws from back in the day, it's really hard to distribute across state lines. Um, so we're stuck now they're you know, they do have, distributorship in Texas and maybe Louisiana coming, but uh, the liquor side of it could be interesting. So we'll stay tuned for that. That might be uh, something that spreads all the way to the Carolinas and Texas, So,
0: So do you consider Mike's Weather Page your full-time job to, for income?
1: Uh, no, not for income. Oh. Uh, luckily, I do uh, a lot of website work and uh, search engine work. Um, I see yeah i grew up this crazy story with me was i grew up racing uh radio control cars had a big love with nascar and when i got out of college i actually bought a indoor hobby shop facility that had a indoor racetrack for for these little radio control cars and for about 10-15 years that's what i did and it was pretty successful um but you know business uh, <laughs> just changed course and <laughs> Hobby kind of slowly died a little bit, and, uh, that, and here, here's, here's this. So, uh, yeah, I put my marketing to use. That's for sure. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I, I guess you know, long term, I would love to do a um, a weather convention type of um, early season for Florida here, at least where I live. Uh, one of the companies that supports me, Furman Generators, uh, we're talking about doing more educational stuff. Uh, I, I started doing uh, storm chasing, and local, my local city, Oldsmar, was able to use some footage that I got, which I, I was really you know, thankful to help out. Uh, last week when we went up to Lake Charles, I, I filmed a lot of video from uh, some neighborhoods that were still you know, recovering six months later. I saw that. Yeah, that was educational. Uh, so I, I think there's another side I can bring is, is you know, living it as I broadcast. It. So that, that might be where I'm leaning towards is, okay. you know, kind of expanding outside of my little office here and, um, you know, getting more in the field. And, sure. Yeah. Meeting people and uh, just keep having fun with it. But, man, the, the, the so far it's been amazing. I can only ca- I can count maybe on one hand uh, the amount of negative, um, you know, people we've had, which is crazy if you think about it, having a million. million. <laughs> right.
0: So how is the feedback from other, you know, your peers?
1: Say, well, locally, it's phenomenal. Um, it? Oh God, I, I could not be like Dennis Phillips is our local meteorologist here in Tampa Bay. He's ABC guy. Uh, he started using the site. We became friends. He promotes it all the time. He uses it. Uh, i'm Just blown away. Uh, become a great friend. Uh, locally, also Paul Delgado is our Fox um, Channel Thirteen big head met. He he's become a fan and loves it. Uh, Bobby Deskins is a local i mean it's all all the local mets and even mike clay um is, is those are the four big mets in our area and the fifth one that that is now where he's a chief meteorologist for um uh royal caribbean uh james van fleet and uh, he was a big fan so yeah they it's it's weird because you know i'm not stepping on their toes but they appreciate it um and so far you know i've i've just knocked on wood all the time the hurricane hunters have reached out a ton uh, back to the beer you know we named our beer hurricane hunter i let the fans name our dog we got a new little dog and they named it hunter hurricane hunter uh <laughs> now we got a, the beer actually has hurricane hunter on the can uh, and they sent me a picture from lakeland they just flew back from a, a flight from zeta and they are all holding the can uh it was the coolest moment ever um, yeah so they they you know and meeting jim cantori this year i uh, went to Biloxi to Chase the storm, and he he he's a fan. So uh, yeah, what so far. Yeah.
0: What did Jim that? have to say? What did Jim have to say?
1: Oh, he uh he just you know hey I love your sight. you know he's uh just just a normal guy totally um you know cursing and <laughs> you can tell he's just you know off the camera he, he's just one of us so that was yep. really cool to see I didn't know what he was gonna be like you know basically, really nice. uh, yeah. no, he was casual and uh, very respectful and so who the heck knows you know I, I tell my wife every day this could end and I don't, I don't know
0: <laughs> you know no, i don't think so i really don't because fortunately for all of us weather's never going to end right
1: yes yes and, and then lastly i need to know it's back to the you're getting that uh, the, the coolest thing is that the national weather service uh actually has a list of non-government weather sites and i share it from time to time but they they show mike's weather page as a you know, good source for tropical information. And they even say that I use a lot of National Weather Service products. Um, so to get their kind of blessing and okay, in a sense, yep. is cool. You know, that's what the hurricane hunters said. They, they like the one-stop shop. And, uh, yeah, so I just got to keep it real and fun and, you know, not get serious and try to be something I'm not, you know. <laughs> right.
0: So I know in your apparel shop, you have a shirt called, or it says drunk donkey on it. Yeah. And I think we need an explanation of why. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Who would have thought? Well, uh, yeah, well, if, if people, that, so it's almost a perfect name. Um, uh, the people that know me, cause I do like to have one now and then, <laughs> but so we were, covering, I was covering a storm and, um, it was Florence, which a couple years ago is heading towards the East coast. And, uh, I guess I shared a European model run back back again to people say uh, some people like to cherry pick a certain model to get hits and likes. That's what drives meteorologists crazy because it blows up news stations. like Oh, my God. Well, I shared a model run that I believed in that, you know, I had to believe in something. Anyway, local news channel got wind of it. And I guess all their locals were uh, calling worried about it to the point that they called me out on the air. You know, they're like, uh, before you all get into it, some dude down in Florida uh, shared this European model. Anybody can share it, you know. And then she uh, went on to say, uh, any drunk donkey can share a European model run. And that was it. Basically calling me out as, you know, a, a guy named Mike in his, you know, little bedroom, maybe mom and dad's, I don't know. (laughs) That's what he was thinking. Uh, And it was really a quote, you know, but it it really stirred my fans up. Uh, And it was I was doing a live broadcast at the same time. And I happened to read the comments, luckily. And everybody's like, oh, you got to go over here to this site. They're bashing you. They're bashing you. And I saved it. They took it off the air. Luckily, I saved it. And uh, so the next day, I have a friend back to the NASCAR stuff. I I met a lot of cool people in NASCAR because of those little cars. And uh, I had him whip me up a shirt design, you know, I'm like, hey, draw me this little, you know, let's do this drunk donkey thing. And uh, man, it took off. People were like rallying, like, you know, really? <laughs> now it's become like a lifestyle, you know. Um, yeah, our donkey. So we got it themed now every, you know, they, they beg for shirts. So we draw up. I got one with him driving the Jeep when we storm chased because our Jeep made the news and we, we were stuck in Surge. And uh, yeah, so that, you know, it was it was cool. The the funniest story about a drunk doggy thing was even WGN News picked up on it and uh, they did a little skit on on it and they were using sound effects like you know hee haw hee haw and some weather blogger you know now he's selling shirts. It was kind of like the you know turning making lemonade out of lemons.
0: Maybe you <laughs> can send me some of those links and I'll actually yeah. Uh, there. I'll
1: so. there, there, uh, and nothing against them, you know. And I I even reached out. Did you? Um, oh yeah, I was so like. People wanted an apology. And uh, I was like, I don't care. You know, I was like, I, I found it humorous. And right. It didn't offend me. Uh, I, I think the coolest thing that I got going for me is nobody expects me. I'm not an official source. And uh, right. so I, I take 100% pride in what I do. I think people that follow it know that. I mean, I'm proud of, uh, like, reviews. You know, I got five stars. I have 30,000 reviews, five stars. I mean, so people trust what I have to say, even though sometimes I'm goofy about it, but I, I you know, I'm very um, serious. So I, I wasn't offended by it because they, they didn't know who we were. And, and it's happened a few t- times since then. Um, different people will call call me out and uh, we just have the best fans. They'll be like, you don't know them, you know, and uh, I, I just don't think they understand what we have going. Like, like, how can this guy have a million people? You know, right. I don't even know. <laughs> when you reached out,
0: what was, did they just not respond?
1: Um Tell you the truth, I don't I think I had a, like a corporate email response. Like, uh, we're looking into it, and uh, yeah. they was you know, but we were tra- I was also ch- tracking Hurricane Florence. So I, I mean, again, I was 100% in the storm. Uh, and so it, I, I don't even think it, I cared, you know, it right. was so quick. Um, and then again, you know, it's, it's ironic is it indeed did the turn down, which that model showed. That was what I was trying to get at was hey, this thing's got a high pressure coming in it and it did curve down and it did stall. And, and Florence's big story was uh places like New Bern and, and various low, 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 line areas in that area were just flooded. Terrible. So you, got
0: it, you got it right.
1: Well, the model got it right. Well, <laughs> but I hear you saying, yeah, no, I, I, yeah.
0: The model, the model prediction was correct. That model, and right. That, that, right. That right. model at that time predicted it correctly, which you, picked out out of all the models you picked the correct one that you thought was indeed going to be correct
1: yes and that and that's again that's kind of how i do do it and i do take you know when i hit that when i hit that enter button right it's like responsibility you know uh uh i've been you know wrong a lot but I, i i like to think i've been right a lot and um yeah. So yeah, that like you said, I could have took a different run that might have had it going to New England. <laughs> um, and and that storm again. Let's talk about the media real quick. Um, so that storm was a Category Four. Well, when it first came out of Africa, uh, everybody expected it to they, do a recurve. They call it a recurve. Uh, it's a weird word I learned, but recurve is basically when they come out of Africa, they curve back to sea. They call them fish storms because they don't hurt nobody. So when the storm first came off Africa, everybody expected it to curve out to sea, and they blew it off. Well. Uh, I remember we were like, I don't know. There was a few ensembles suggesting otherwise. I mean, you know, you got to keep an eye on this thing. And it kept doing this riding up through the Atlantic, coming back down. Well, then it was a Category 4, and it was all over the news. It's 10 days out, and it and it's all over the news. Category 4, you know, Florence. Um, and it got people so ramped up. <laughs> uh, it ended up being a category, you know, it, it weakened upon landfall. But now fast forward to, like, Hurricane Michael, for example. Um, uh, every one of uh, amazing stat, every category five hurricane that the United States has had uh, three days out was only a tropical storm three days out. And that's Andrew. Um, you know, most recently, Hurricane Michael. Um, so that storm three days out didn't get any coverage. And that that's where I picked up a lot of fans in the panhandle area, because every single model like. People, people recall me saying during my live, uh, and I tried to find it, I couldn't, but I basically said, I take this really serious, you know, and if you live in this area, I would be preparing for the worst. Because five runs were showing 929 30 millibar system, which is, you know, cat four or five, three, four, five. Okay. Uh, and the news wasn't talking about it because it was only a tropical storm three days out. And that, you know, difference of media is because it wasn't a, a – five that wasn't getting depressed that florence got that ended up being like a, a one even though it was still a flooding issue um
0: do you think that's a disservice to to the to the oh, people?
1: people think it was especially the ones that lived up there because um some of, some of the locals think that they blow off storms because they're worried about tourists Interesting. Uh, you know uh, bookings for weekends i don't know if it's official or not like the mayor of lynn haven actually emailed me and left an awesome review that you know that i had the best um coverage. And, that, and they were unfortunately the ones that were hit. So it was really kind of, you know, surreal to think that the mayor, you know, was watching my forecast. Um, right. And I wasn't forecasting again, but I, when I, when, when, and another thing I do is I clarify, like, I'll put all five of these runs together and, and show, Hey, look, you got, you got all the, all the big ones stayed cat four. And, and what kind of gets me a little frustrated sometimes with the uh, official forecasting is, is they, they very, they don't knee jerk reaction. Um, they had it going in as a storm originally. Like if you go back to the archive, you'll see uh, they slowly adjust to the models. Um, And I think that's probably the best thing, but I've noticed intensity models this year, especially storms have all been stronger. Not all, I can't say all, but most of them have ended up being stronger than what they originally were forecast to be. Mm -hmm. Now I picked up on this early in the season as others did, but we have a model called the H-WARF which is a hurricane specific model that only runs when there's an an actual storm. So this H-war people used to laugh about, uh, but it was predicting like Hurricane Hannah early in the season uh, ended up being pretty strong hurricane hit Texas. And it was the only one showing a strong system. And then what we found out through the year, almost every storm, uh, GFS and Euro showing a weak little tropical storm. And all of a sudden, you know, the H-war showing a cat two, three. So, you know, I learned again. You know, I used the icon for formation, maybe GFS for track, HWARF for intensity. Toward the end of the season, the, the National Weather Service started using worded, like they would say, and the very um, accurate HWARF this season is predicting this. This is why we are upping the intensity over global models, meaning, hey, our normal Euro and GFS ain't working this year. We've just found out this year that the HWARF is doing good. And now in their wording, they actually said that and and so they it's awesome reading their discussions because they'll actually say things like um you know we're talking about that you know this model's doing this this model's doing that based on what we've seen this year you know we're going to take a blend of this model with the h-warf so uh yeah you know it's there's it's it's fascinating i I think i think the um how and i always get frustrated too with october Another thing with Michael, I swear, I've seen it every year. Once football, I always say fall and football. I, I, if it's June, all you hear about in the news is hurricanes because it's the start of season. Right. Uh, come October, you can't get anything because they're talking about fall leave colors, talking about football, college football and NFL. The tropics get like a little blip. Uh, and some of our biggest hurricanes have been in October. Her, uh, Michael was October. So that frustrates the heck out of me because of the, the coverage changes, I think, based on – season (laughs) interesting do you do you feel like in tv
0: mainly that those meteorologists are driven corporately to what they should and should not report
1: i yeah i've talked uh the guys i do that podcast with tom and dan they brought that up in the local radio show uh drew garabo I, i get to do stuff with them guys and they said the exact same thing you just did so a lot of them believe it. Um, you know, I think certain news stations have a hype mode maybe, and certain news stations want their model to be low. And I, and I hear it in our market because we have five stations in Tampa. Uh, I, I can tell one station, I think their, their business model is probably let's be the low tone guys. Mm. And they constantly kind of, when they're right, they'll 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 blast like oh, we told you this was not, you know, and then and then they get criticized. I'll see it on my page. You know, the guys over here downplayed this thing. You were right all along. Not right. But I was showing the possibilities again. Uh, right. And then, of course, there's other meteorologists in the world that just go crazy. You know, they'll post that crazy GFS run. So I, I, I yeah, I definitely think it's um, they're driven by. Uh, basically what their model needs to be, you know, um, and they only get three minutes. That's the problem. It's, it, that's what Dennis talks about. I mean, these these poor TV guys get three minutes to talk about, you know, sunrise, sunset, water temp, tomorrow's forecast, and hurricanes. Yeah, right. I, I don't know how they do it.
0: And you take in your live. I've seen over, over, way over an hour.
1: Very, yeah, very. And then during the storms, I'll go live sometimes in the afternoon and. Uh, and and at night and i don't you know again it's kind of me just thinking out loud but again things change it seems like they change i know you know and i know like if i take off 12 hours to do something with my daughter's softball i feel like i miss so much and uh, i think that's what the local meteorologists um they don't see trends you know they don't they don't they're, they're not seeing these ensembles change and uh, and it's become a hobby for so many other people. I think I think our base is just gets fascinated, you know, right. sure. tracking, tracking the what is, you know, I mean, doing Ada just a couple of weeks ago. Um, I went down to the Keys. We were in the outer outer eye wall. It was pretty intense. Uh, but then it ended up here by my hometown in uh, Pinellas County, which is you know Clearwater, St. Petersburg. Yeah. And we had a, the, the highest surge ever in Tampa Bay since since they started recording in ninety one. Uh, and this it was a tropical storm that was um, 50 miles offshore that never even it never made landfall here. It just scooted by. But the the, the what got me uh, going and, and it spread, I think, in our community was at three o'clock when it was low tide, the water was already up and it was coming into the bay. When mm-hmm. we had a southeast wind, it should have been blowing all the water out. And I was like, I don't know. This is not good. You know, the high tides at uh, noon, the storm is going to be right here, you know, and the winds, of, of a storm blows water into our bay. Well, indeed, it, we had surge like people have never, they had water rescues going on at midnight, uh, going door to door to people's houses because A, n- nobody knew it was coming. Nobody knew, I think they could, they blew it off as a, an afternoon thunderstorm. Uh, they didn't look at the the what if factor. They, they, were, they were expecting a head on hit, only a tropical storm. It was the surge that um, nobody really even talked about.
0: But how, how how did the local stations not report that? I mean, these meteorologists are certainly studying the data just like you, right? And they have the they have access to equal, if not more, data than you. Correct?
1: Oh yeah, they do. And and, and the National Weather Service uh, feeds information to these local guys. And I'm sure there was a couple of them doing a good job. Um, but the feeling, like I, I remember call, calling in our that radio show, and I was sitting in the parking lot down by the. Um, I went down to Madeira Beach, we have a little intercoastal road. And I was like, I even said on the radio, I I was like, I don't think people realize what's coming. They're just driving around like it's a normal night (laughs) Um, and and they're driving through mass puddles of water. You know, uh, so I hung out at this place called Hubbard's Marina and uh, real famous John's Pass and uh, Dylan Hubbard owns it and, and his grandfather owned it. And he said it was the worst surge they've ever seen. And I have video of all these businesses underwater. I drove back to our hometown of Oldsmoor, which is in the Upper Bay. There was dozens of homes underwater. And these people are coming out of their bedrooms at midnight. They had no, I mean, they're waking up the water. Um, so, again, it's late season storm. And I, I think the fact it was just a tropical storm off the coast, nobody, everybody blew it off, you know. Uh, so it was incredible. I mean, the, the surge video that I got, uh, I, I, I just couldn't, I, everywhere I looked, there was, uh, water, you know, uh, still people recovering. Um, wow. so, so again, I mean, it's like, it doesn't even have to be category five. Right. Uh, and, and again, that's me being on the field. I, I think the only criticism back to that, again, you know, the only criticism I ever got was doing these storm chasing, um, episodes, people rather me be, um, up, up to the storm, which I get. Uh, but a lot of what I do is, is leading up to the storm and realistically, you know, six hours, 12 hours out, people kind of know where it's going. Um, right. and I'm still reporting on the side of the road. So it's just taking a few to adjust, but I, I love it. You know, I, I love being out and seeing it. Uh, I've learned so much this year on the other side that, you know, just the damage like we talked about before from Laura. I mean, now I can, now I can ex- explain it. Like if we got a category four storm coming, this is what you're going to get. I mean, right you hear about it, you see about it and like, ah, whatever. And like, I'm scared now. I mean, I literally, I, and I'm not a hyper, but if we get a category four storm where I live, you know, I, I'm not gonna get excited about it. I mean, in the past, I can say deep down inside, you know, everybody always gets a little excited about a storm, like, oh, I mean, was, trust me. <laughs> Good experience, right? <laughs> you you right. don't want it, yeah. Right.
0: And are you on the coast? Are you really that close to the water?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, there's these uh, slosh maps, they call them, from NOAA that you can look up. And I have some links on my site, but you can look up the worst case scenario with surge. And uh, uh, I'm in an area that, you know, Cat 3, it, again, I've always been fascinated with Tampa Bay because Irma blew literally all the water out of Tampa Bay. It was the craziest thing ever. So when Irma was down in the Bahamas, there was these videos on on uh, Twitter that I didn't believe. They were showing dried up docks, you know, and I'm like, what the heck? And it was because Irma was so big, the winds were blowing the water out before they blew it in. So Irma was to our south and literally the counterclockwise flow of the winds blew the water out of the bay. And I I went out there with my daughter and uh, we walked out a couple hundred yards where the where the Gulf usually is Uh, still to this day. And then there's people in uh, Upper Tampa. Davis Island's real famous. Just no water, you know, and they're Literally they dry. dry. Yeah, it was just because of the water, the power of wind. That's incredible. Now, now, going back to your thing about where I live, they had record surge from Irma. When Irma was down in Naples, they were getting flooding up in Brunswick, Jacksonville, Charleston, because the wind field counterclockwise was blowing the water that way. So fast forward. To where we live now if Irma was to our north so just a little bit kind of like this tropical storm Ada was um, we had four foot of surge on top of tide that's not including tide from a tropical storm 50 miles out you know four foot you get a you get a category three four storm to our north and blowing that water in uh, where we live you know I believe these back to these slosh maps it, it shows basically Pinellas County would be an island and uh, wow and and those are that that's that's real. Like they say, you can hide from the wind. I believe that, but the water you don't mess with. Um, and, and it's scary, you know. The yeah. water water surge. Uh, you know, I, I drove through uh, Lower Ninth Ward last week when we went there for storm chasing, and just thinking what all those folks had to deal with 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 flooding and um, yeah, you know, you just you get. It. All right, I can tell you this: when when I, when I cover storms in the next series, there'll be a little more tone in my voice when we start talking about. Uh, the what Um, is, and just like driving around at night, like uh, one of the storms, you know, there hurricanes, uh, Delta, Uh, power lines on the road, Uh, you know, it was pitch black. You turn a corner, there's a a telephone pole completely across the road. Um, That's why they tell you, you know, evacuate and, you know, stay in your house, you know, don't be driving around because uh, you don't know what you're gonna run into.
0: Which leads (laughs) me to the next question of how do the local authorities feel about you chasing a storm now.
1: Well, yeah, and I get some criticism like, you know, I'm, I shouldn't be out there uh twice. Though uh where we ended up with um um Zeta, uh a little town talk called uh, uh gayden Louisiana. I had a cop, local sheriff pull up next to me. Uh and once he found out who we were, he was really cool. He's like, "Ah, oh, follow me, follow me." <laughs> uh, so that was neat, and then I did get pulled over uh, in a town that was mandatory evacuation. Uh, and I got this on my Facebook Live. It was the funniest thing ever. Because, um, you know, I, I Facebook Live this stuff and <laughs> had a few thousand people on there with me. And uh, I'm like, oh, crap, I just got pulled over and a cop pulls up. and He goes, what the hell are you doing? And I said, "I said we're heading to Florida, man. We're, I'm getting out of here. And he goes, what? He goes, what made you decide in the middle of a hurricane, in the middle of the night, to just take <laughs> off and go to Florida? <laughs> and he was like, had that Louisiana accent. Yep. Uh, like, think he probably thought I was a local. Like, who, you know, there's power. I'm driving over. We just turned around from power lines in the road. And, and, you know, but then I told him, he goes, Oh, you're one of them guys. Oh, okay. You're, you know, so uh, yeah, I, I think, I think, it, I think it, and what I did with Laura, trust me, as much coverage as you can give these people, that's the number one thanks I get. Um, people love riding around with me because they might have evacuated and they're, they're seeing their roads. Um, and uh, they're like, oh, man, thanks for going because, you know, I live down that road or, um, you know, so that it, I think it's it does serve an important part of this uh, for sure. I mean, there's some that take it more entertainment value in the sense. I guess I do, too, because I, I love weather, but there, I do see a lot of positives with it.
0: Okay. And you enjoy it, right? I mean, oh, that's yeah. the thing, that you enjoy being out in the field and yes. chasing the storms and. Uh, not only the adventure and the excitement but of course the end result of bringing your watchers and listeners something valuable right
1: oh yes 100 percent, totally and uh that i i think i didn't dream of any of this um when i when you know when we did it uh i and it's it's i guess it's very humbling to meet fans it's just weird like Everywhere we've gone this season, we've run into fans or they found us based on our lives. Like we were down in Key West that people are pulling up. Hey, we knew you were here. Oh, that's cool. uh, Yeah, that was, you know, so that's neat. Um, our first storm, one of our big supporters, uh, Lodging Solutions, is a company that's always, say, Michael, you know, like to put a little ad on the site, support you. And turned out they're like this massive company that uh, deploys these portable cities I didn't even know this industry existed. So when we flew out there, I met them, and we went, we toured. They have warehouse after warehouse after warehouse. They set up mobile base camps for all the line workers, for example. And, and overnight they set up a, a city for five to 10,000 people. They provide beds, sheets, cots, three warm cooked meals a day, water, showers, uh, everything. I didn't even know this existed. And this and, is a privately owned company? I don't know. It is private, but they get, they do a lot of government work. Um, sure. They actually like uh, house military when they're coming back from overseas because of COVID restrictions, wow. they recently got into firefighters. It's a service that think about it. So you have thousands of line workers going up to these storms, right? And where do they stay? Right. So they actually are empl- and part of their empl- uh, employers are, are the power companies. They'll be like, Hey, we need, you know, we need bedding for 2000 people. Um, but the mobile operation, like the kitchen, like a kitchen on wheels, you know, yep. uh, you know, 5,000 times, three meals a day. Uh, it's just incredible. So we met, we met this, we'll so get back to that. I, I learned more about linemen and, uh, uh, the recovery and stuff. I didn't even dreamed about. Like you don't realize how important it is to get power back and, um, and who's doing that? Like how, you know, what are these? you know who funds this who you know, where do they where do they stay and uh, do you know who, who funds it do you know uh, how that works because that's well, a fascinating thing to me it was fascinating no i think like i said i think a lot of it's a government because uh it's 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 a service um sure. and, and the power companies power companies that are owned by you know they're, they're the ones sending the line workers in and and i'm sure there's there you know because it's a disaster there's emergency funds allocated okay. for all this stuff so Uh, I I don't I I, again, I don't think they're doing it any more than what I think it started as probably a smaller thing. Um, But, you know, they even have beds on trucks like they have they have semis that are fully uh, sleep. Twenty four people mobily. And uh, it's just it's just fascinating. I got their link lodging solutions. Um, So that was that was our first trip. So, again, going back to like why I'm doing this. And and I saw an aerial photo um, of their operation after uh, Laura. I mean, it's just like one huge city with you know air conditioners and showers and just uh it's it's fascinating totally had no idea you know right learned so much doing this
0: so after katrina right there was some talk about how long and how devastated katrina left new orleans right mm-hmm. and from what i've heard it's still in in places Mm -hmm. devastated is that do you know if that is indeed true
1: well we drove down through some of the lower ninth ward and i mean there's there a lot of businesses shut down now it's hard to tell if it's because of corona or not but it looks like it's a lot of damages still from katrina you know you see a lot of houses still torn apart or businesses um and what i just saw this this past week from laura and and people said the same thing with michael and uh, obviously, other storms uh, it takes years, um, to recover, and uh, I don't, I wouldn't even know where to begin, you know. Katrina, right. you know, I don't know, I wasn't that involved back then. I know it was a huge uh mess, <laughs> you know, getting uh assistance and because uh, right. nothing like that ever happened. Uh, and, and again, I mean, if something like that were to happen to Tampa, oh. I, I, I mean, I or Jacksonville, or anywhere, you know, Miami, yeah, right. any, any city. Um, I, I just don't know. And, and seeing, seeing, I know I keep saying it, but just seeing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of homes last weekend that are still not even close to being livable. You know, you, you see pods outside, you know, portable storage and yeah. generators running. Uh, I went, I don't know, years of recovery. I wish it was an easier solution. Um, number no one complaint that my fans say, and now I believe it is, um, you know the the, the post storm people forget, and uh, right, yeah, we're we're enjoying Christmas and New Year's, uh, and these poor folks, you know nothing, nothing, and they're still like waiting for they're probably, probably waiting, you know, their line, you know, there's only so many roofers in the world, right. So yeah, it's uh, is there an organization
0: an... that people can donate to?
1: Oh yeah, there's there's always, uh, but I had I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna I'm take not... a lot. no I'm, I'm just saying i i know there was a ton set up but I, like i said it doesn't even look like they've made a scratch you know in, in in this whole recovery process so yeah it's it's uh now i know why people take the hurricanes you know I can see it in my website numbers you know when I even when we have a good tornado threat nothing like a hurricane like people right. really because a lot of people have lived it and yep. uh, and now I can definitely say I've kind of lived it through other people.
0: Well, I was online watching yours, your stream during one of ours and you had, I want to say it was over 50,000 people watching a live stream.
1: It's yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah, I've had some big numbers. Um, I mean,
0: and it might've been more than that. It was, it was, it was big.
1: Yeah. It's and in the cool thing with Facebook now is that, uh, you know, I get metrics, um, right? It, so, there, yeah, we we like during Laura. I mean, I think I hit 20, 20 million eyeballs for that month. Incredible! That's crazy. That's a tenth of the almost tenth of the population. You know, that's um, <laughs> at least uh, uh, eighteen and overpopulation. The tenth. So. Um, yep. Yeah, and then, you know, like using YouTube now is great, uh, getting the word out, and p- so many people are turning to social media. That um, I think that's a little niche. Sure. I've been lucky to to get in on, you know. Others are doing it now too. Great, so I, have to, I have to do mine a little. I had to keep it real. Got to keep the right. keep it keep it up a little more fun, you know. Than,
0: than well, you're other. doing a great job, Mike. I really want to thank you for taking the time out and speak with me.
1: Yes, thank you. It's
0: been great. Learned a lot actually, uh, which is always wonderful for myself and hopefully the listeners as well. And if anybody wants to check out spaghettimodels.com, there it is, or on Facebook, which is Mike's weather page on Facebook. And buy yourself a drunk donkey shirt and hat and go visit a local uh, brewery and you can buy the beer that's called, what is it? Hurricane Hunter. Hurricane Hunter beer.
1: And what kind of beer um, is it exactly? It's a uh, tropical IPA. There you go. There's a picture right there. Oh, there you Uh, go. There's my dog flying the airplane.
0: (laughs) all right
1: they're going to make it a four uh four can series uh that's going to be the stable that's like a uh like a tangerine ipa and then the next one's going to be a, like a new zealand hop so they're going to change the can design it's going to be kind of, it's going to be a fun series um that's <laughs> been you know again who would have thought right um yeah
0: and do you get to be the taste tester
1: oh yeah yeah I've, i got the sample i okay. i actually went and bought a kegerator <laughs> Just so I could have my own little tap handle with Hurricane Honor on it.
0: There you go. But, uh, Excellent. I, dri-
1: I didn't drink any today. I promise. I'm still sipping water. So.
0: <laughs> All right. Good job. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank and you. look forward to more broadcasts.
1: All right, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. Find us on YouTube and Facebook at the Intellectual People Podcast and online at the Intellectual People Check back for exciting new episodes.